Well, I pray you guys are ready to receive this word today. You guys need a good word this morning? Well, you've come to the right church. I just hope you like me after service. <laughs> first, first Kings chapter 19, verse 2 through 4. And during the Christmas season, we're going to talk about three powerful women. One of them has nothing to do with Christmas, but it's my sermon. I do what I want. <laughs> and next Sunday, we'll talk about Christmas. Don't worry about it. First Kings 19, verse 2. Then, sorry, Lord. It's your sermon, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. Basically, she's saying, Elijah, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. And when he saw that, he arose. He ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed. Notice what he prayed. He prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. And I picked up on what Elijah prays. And maybe it's the prayer you're praying or the thoughts that you have right now. Elijah tells God, I've had enough. And I want to preach this morning on this subject. When enough is enough. When enough is enough, overcoming the breaking points in your life. Let's pray. Father, bless this word in Jesus' name. As we go into the holidays with stress and anxiety, Father, many of us are saying we've had enough. So I pray for anyone that's come into this church overwhelmed, anxious, afraid, discouraged, distressed, who's had enough. Father, please speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you guys can have a seat as we get into this subject. Enough is enough. And when Elijah prays this prayer, Lord, I've had enough. Would you just take my life? I want to die. I don't want to live anymore. Elijah reached what's called a breaking point. And it really shocked me that Elijah would even pray such a prayer because in 2 Kings 19, he prays this prayer and he says, Lord, would you please take my life? I want to die. But if you would just go to 1 Kings 18 and even 17, just a chapter before, this same man is praying for the Lord to bring down fire from heaven and consume an altar that is filled with water. And you guys know that fire and water do not mix well. So Elijah is literally praying an impossible prayer because he's a man of faith. He's a great man of God. He's a man of not logic. He's a man of the supernatural powers of God. 
He's a man that believes that God can do the impossible. He's a man that's not afraid to ask for the impossible. He's a man that prays for the impossible. He's a man that believes for the impossible. He sits there, he stands before thousands of people, and he prays the most ridiculous prayer. And he says, Lord, I believe you can bring down fire if you want to. You can consume this water and you can burn everything up. You can do the unnatural. You can do the supernatural. I don't care what's happening in the natural, God. This is a man that's believing for the impossible. He's believing in a great God. He's praying. He's a man of faith and power. And the next chapter, that same man is now praying for the Lord to take his life. He's done. He's had enough, he says. The same man that prayed for fire is now praying that the Lord just take him because Elijah has reached a breaking point. And when I read that, I said, I was shocked and I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, Elijah, you are the man of God. You are the great man of faith. You're in the book of Kings. You're in the book of Hebrews. The New Testament even talks about you, that you are a legend. But then the Lord had to remind me the mistake that I was making. See, when we read about Elijah, we read about the miracles he did. He split water like Moses. He raised the dead like Jesus. He did amazing things. But here's what we forget. Even though he was a great man of God, Elijah was human. He was human. And the same man that was on top of Mount Carmel, on top of the mountain, raining down fire from heaven, is a man that is now in the valley, under a tree, down, discouraged, stressed. And he's honest with God. He says, Lord, I've had enough. Because we as humans, I don't care how great of a man or woman you are in the Lord's sight. I don't care what, what great of a parent you might be, how great you are at work, how great you are in church. All of us here are human and we go through seasons of stress and we go through seasons that go beyond us and we say enough is enough. All of us reach a breaking point. I got one amen. I expected more amens there. But all of us have a breaking point. Let's practice again, okay? I want a good amen from you. All of us have a breaking point. Amen. All right. All of us have a breaking point. In fact, when you see the definition of a breaking point, it defines as passing your elastic Limit. And I love that because it's giving the illustration of a rubber band. You see, with me right now, I have all these rubber bands. Different sizes, different colors. And it's just like our church. Different sizes in this church. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Amen. We're all different color. We're all brown. We're all all different colors. We all got different personalities. Amen. We all have different personalities. We got Denison, who's calm and quiet. 
We got Maria, who's loud. We got mom. I got the big one for mom here. She no, <laughs> because she's tough. <laughs> Woo, <laughs> you know. We got Jerrica, who's gentle and sweet and good looking too. Let me look at that one, right? There's so many personalities. We have dad, who's friendly. You got dad, who everyone loves. Dad, right? So friendly. He's so nice. We have Paulette. She scares me sometimes. But she's so loyal and faithful because Paulette's going through so much. And here she is right now on a Sunday morning. So she's here. So I love that about Paulette. We got my father-in-law, Juan. Who's, he, you know he's in the room. He's louder than Maria. That's why they both love to talk to each other. We have sweet little Cookie there in the back. She's with the kids right now, and she's all great and everything. She's right at us. She's like there. We have all these people. We have sweet Cheeto in the back and his wife, Barbie. Oh, my goodness. A drama queen, right? The, the, uh. My point is we're all different in this church. We're all different. But here's what we all have in common. See, we all can pass our holistic point. We just... With this rubber band, we can stretch. We go through tension. How many have some tension this morning? All right, we all have our tension. The definition says it goes through tension. It goes through stress. But then there comes a point that it reaches its breaking point. It can only stretch so much. It can only stress so much. And it goes to a point that it stretches beyond what it's able to endure, and it snaps. And I've been in this church long enough, almost 13 years, to see a few of you snap. Anyone ever snapped before? You know snapping where you're like, I got to go to church and ask for forgiveness again. I snapped and I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. I broke this. I slammed that door. I cursed. I did this. I just snapped. I couldn't take it anymore. I just snapped. Why do we snap? Why do we lash out? Why do we say things we don't mean, but it feels so good when you say it? Why do we break things? It's not because you're a bad Christian. It's not because I have to exercise some demon out of you. It's because you're human. And because you're human, you have flesh you, and you're sinful. And because you have a sinful flesh in you, it means that life is going to stretch you and you're going to have a lot of tension because we live in a sinful, broken, fallen world. And when that stress and that tension goes beyond you, you're going to reach a breaking point where you snap. And the definition says that there's a strain. See, when you snap because of the stress in your life, because everyone has you just consuming you with their worries and their cares, and I got to do this, I got to pay that. I got to do this for my kids. I got to do that for my spouse. I got to do this for work. I got to drive here, pay that, do that, do this. I got this and this and this. And you're reaching your stretching point and you're stretching and stretching and stretching and you can feel the tension in your life. And when you finally snap, there's a strain. 
And this is what's happening to so many people today. We're stressed beyond what we can handle. You are overburdened and stressed, and you're stretched every day and every day. And when you finally snap, you feel the strain. It puts a strain on your emotions. You get angrier. You get sadder. It puts a strain on your physical health. Your blood pressure rises. You get headaches. It puts a strain on your relationships. It affects your children who saw you snap. It affects your, your spouse who you snapped on. It affects your faith. See, when you're overwhelmed with stress and you're saying enough is enough, the tension is too much, you just seem to be stretching and stretching and stretching, the tension is real, you finally reach a breaking point, you snap and there comes the strain. And when the strain comes from you snapping over the tension of your stress, that's where the devil begins to work in your life. I can't believe you said that. And you call yourself a Christian. I can't believe that came out of your mouth. You worship God with that mouth. Where'd you even learn such a word? I can't believe you're the worst parent ever. Your kids heard you. Your kids saw you yell at mommy. And condemnation comes. Because all of us have a breaking point. We're like that rubber band. No matter how different we might be, how unique, all of us have a breaking point. And when breaking points come, sin is not far. And when breaking point comes, that devil is near. Because he wants you to snap and blow your testimony. He wants you to snap and just surrender your peace. He wants you to snap and just surrender your joy. He wants you to snap and say enough is enough and give up on what God has for your life. He wants you to snap and say enough is enough, I quit. That's why we have to learn how to manage our stress. Because stress will never go away. But you can manage it. And stress will put a strain on your life if you let it. And here's the problem. We tend to think that all of us reach a breaking point like Elijah where we tell God, I've had enough, Lord. I can't take it anymore. Enough is enough. And you snap because of a huge problem in your life. That's simply not true. I need a volunteer for this illustration. I, see, I need someone big and strong. Who do, you, who do you think of besides me? I know, thank you. Besides me, who? who oh, there you go, Adi. Adi, big and strong. Give it up for Adi. All right, Adi. Stay right there. You can stay right there, right there in the bottom. All right? All right. I'm going to be life right now. I'm life. All right? And everyone seems to think that we all snap and reach our breaking point. Because look at this large box. It literally says large, people. It's a large box. So, 
Come up here for a second. I'm going to bring you up because we want we want we want you two to see this man. All right. I'm going to hand you and toss it to you. Ready? You ready? Yes. Give it up for Adi, everyone. All right. Now I want you. To let it go. Give it back. Go ahead. Simple, right? That's life. We can handle big, large problems. How hard was that? Why are you giving it back? Can't you? How hard was that? Not hard. That's what God says, okay? So when, when life gives you a big problem, you have it, you're handling it, it's large, God says, cast your cares on me. Give it to me. Come on. How great is that? This is not what causes a breaking point. Every day of your life, you're going to have large problems. You're going to have these massive things that take place. But I'm convinced it's not the large problems that cause us to lose it and snap. It's the little guys. Now, Adi, same thing. Don't let it go. This is what life does. It's the little things that God has. Do you ever, oh, oh, come on, come on. Does it ever feel like life is just doing this to you? You got kids to take care of. Oh, Adi, you got bills to pay. You got to go to work. You got so much. You just can't have. Adi, let's go. Catch out. You can't. But Adi, you can handle this. You can handle the big problems. But he failed miserably. It's okay. It's all good. At the little ones. Give it up for Adi, everyone. <laughs> Thank, oh, you're so nice, man. You're, look at that guy. Look at that. Yeah, take care of the problems, right? But see, that's what happens in life. We tend to think that it's the big, massive issue that comes that finally breaks me. This is it, but it's not true. That's not what happened in Elijah's case. Elijah did not snap just because of Jezebel. Elijah snapped because he had so much stress in his life. He had so many people going to him with problems. He had so much people he had to fix. He had so many things going around. He had to travel. He had to preach. He had to help this person, that person. It was the little things. And finally, Jezebel was the final snap. And when Jezebel came in, that's when he says, I can't take anymore. And he runs and he tells God, I've had enough of all of this. I've had enough. It's the little things that pile up, that causes severe stress. It's the little things that don't leave you alone. It's the kids, it's the husband, it's the job, it's the bills, it's the people that constantly call you for help. It's the people that won't leave you alone. You can't even go to the bathroom without the, Mom, Mom, I need you, Mom. You're just stressed. It's the little things. And that's the little things that cause us fear. Elijah had this emotional meltdown where he snapped. Because Elijah was dealing with number one, fear. He was afraid for his life. Elijah was dealing with failure. Because Elijah thought that when he preached this amazing message and prayed and fire came down from heaven, that everyone was going to just surrender their lives to God. He thought that everyone was going to surrender to the Lord and there was going to be a great revival. But none of that happened. No one served God after that. See, Elijah had a meltdown because of failed expectations. 
He expected life to go one way. He expected God to do it this way, but it hasn't happened. Not only did his expectations fail, but Elijah felt like a failure himself. I thought if I would have gone and preached, I thought if I would have done it right, people would have been, would have gotten saved. And a lot of us carry this burden of fear like Elijah and failure like Elijah and failed expectations like Elijah. And notice the two things Elijah was doing. Number one, Elijah was just sleeping because he was tired. He was tired. You ever just been tired? That uh, you know you're stressed. When you know you can finally get some sleep, you say, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to sleep. He was just tired. You notice that God, he actually fed him too. Because Elijah wasn't even eating, meaning he was neglecting his own needs. See, that's why when stress comes into our lives, we snap. Because we fail to neglect the needs that we have. You need to sleep. You need time for yourself. You need to shut that phone off. You need to do what you like. If not, the devil's going to wait for you to reach that stretching point to the point that you finally snap and break. You cannot neglect your needs because everyone else depends on you. Sometimes I'm going to teach you one of the most powerful words. Ready? No. Say it with me. No. God says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. But today we say, oh, I'm not sure, maybe. But inside you're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. But inside, I maybe, I'm away, let's see, you know. But if someone says, Pastor David, you know, after church, hey, can you come over and help me do that? I'm going to say, no. I'm done. Don't you call me Monday unless it's an emergency. No. Elijah was just so overwhelmed. What do you do when you've reached that point where you're saying, God, I've had enough. I've had enough. I love what Elijah did. The first thing he did he was honest about it. We, we live in a sick world that thinks it's weak to say I'm tired. Elijah was real with himself and real with God and he said, Lord, to be honest with you, Lord, I've, I've had enough. He prayed an honest prayer. Elijah didn't conform to the pressure of being holy and godly in the appearance that he's strong. And so, I'm good, Lord, I'm good. I got this, Lord. Yes, Lord. No. He got alone and he said, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I've had enough. I love what the Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say, and God got angry at Elijah. And God was disappointed with him and God was hurt. God didn't say, Elijah, I thought you were a man of faith. I thought you believed in me. I, I thought you were better than this when I called you to the ministry. No, God didn't do any of that. God took care of him. Are you listening? God took care of him. Because God does not want us 
tired and giving up and stressed and snapping beyond our breaking point. God wants your needs to be met and He wants to take care of you, not only spiritually, but physically and emotionally. That's the God that you serve. God didn't say, where's your faith? God says, I'm going to cook you a cake. You got to eat. You got to sleep. You got to get honest with yourself and you got to get honest with God. Sometimes you got to get real with God and say, Lord, I've had enough. This is what you need to understand about God. God understands you. He knows your heart. He knows your heart, so you can't fake it. You're going to be there and say, oh, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, I believe it. And God's like, why are you lying? Some of you came into this church tired. God gets that. The Bible even says Jesus would sleep. Why? Because even Jesus got tired. And God knows your heart. So if God knows all things and he knows your heart, why not just be honest with him? And I love that not only was Elijah honest with him, but the Lord will send an angel to take care of him because God will always meet you where you are. In your darkest point of your life, when you've had enough and you're tired and discouraged and you don't know if you can make it one more day, let alone a week, God, and that's the time where you get along with God and I dare you to say, Lord, I've had enough and I'm tired and let it out on God because then God will let it on on you. Peace, joy. And this week alone, I always like to practice what I preach. I fail sometimes because I'm human, amen? But I tried it. I got on my knees on Monday morning and I said, okay, Lord, Let's be honest. And I said, Lord, I've had enough of X, Y, and Z and A, B, C. And I did the whole alphabet. I've had enough. Guys, it felt so good to say, Lord, I've had enough of this and that. And I've had enough of some of you. And I've had enough of... <laughs> had enough. Guys, Lightning didn't strike me. God didn't say, David, but you're not, you're a pastor. I called you to preach. I felt something lift off me. It's almost like God was saying, I know. You're tired. You gotta get honest with God. You can post all the pictures you want. You can say all the amens. You can holler. You can do all of that. But God knows your heart. And you can find true healing when you say, Lord, I've had enough of this situation. God, I've had enough of this person. Lord, I've had enough of this job. Lord, it's, it's get real honest. Lord, I'm mad at you. You can say that? Well, if you are, God already knows you are. You can say, Lord, it's hard to trust you. Lord, this isn't fair. Lord, I'm mad at you and I'm mad at myself. I feel guilty. I can't believe I did that. 
Here's a truth I never want you to forget. God can handle your honesty. He can't stand your hypocrisy. Ooh! Someone call Elon Musk and tweet that. God can handle your honesty. He can't stand your hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is pretending to be one thing when you're really not. And so many people in the church, we pretend to be strong and faithful and loyal and believing, but deep down inside, we're like, Lord, like Elijah, I've had enough. Be honest with me. But while you're being honest with God, here's a second advice when you're going through stress. Verse 3, I used to look down on Elijah for this. I owe him an apology when I get to heaven. It's true, I used to preach bad about him in this part, but then I realized now, so I, I get you. When he saw that, he arose, he ran for his life, and he went to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and he left his servant there. He left his servant. He, come say that with me. He left his servant. I used to preach that. I used to look at that and say, wow, I can't believe him. The servant that used to serve him and was loyal and he was by his side and that was his friend. I can't believe he's so selfish to just leave him there and he left him there alone. And when you're going through stress and depression, sometimes you isolate yourself and you want to leave people behind and that's not always right. That's so wrong. And so I realized, no, Elijah, you did the right thing. Because that was a servant that was by his side. That was a servant that looked up to him. That was a servant that believed in Elijah and his example. And Elijah left this man for a season because he didn't want him to see his breaking point. Are you with me? He didn't want to see his breaking point. He didn't want this man to see him snap. He didn't want this man to hear his prayer of honesty. And this is the truth. Even though you need to be honest with God, you don't have to be honest with everyone else about what you're going through because some people will judge you. Not everyone has their best interest in mind. Not everyone that says, sister, I'll pray for you means it. They're going to talk about you. Not everyone who says, I'll be there for you, it's, it's just not simply true. There are certain things you cannot be honest about. It surprises me how open we are today with our failures and shortcomings. We call it a testimony. I think it's just crazy. I meet people for the first time. It happened to me just last weekend where we were in the mission and this lady comes up to me. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Hi, so oh, did you know I did this? I went through that. I went to prison for 10 years. I think I'm Jesus. True story. She thought she was Jesus and told me everything. And I said, why are you telling me this? It's my testimony. And I said, well, I'm judging you now. I, I didn't. Elijah was a man of God and he was a smart man. Because there are certain people you can't be honest with, you can't be real with. Because they can't handle it. Though God can handle your honesty, some people cannot. Even Jesus had his 12, his boys. But Jesus would get alone sometimes to pray for the Father. Jesus would get along with Peter, James, and John. Why? Because he didn't want the rest of them to know what he was going through. And he went with Peter, James, and John, and he said, I am distressed. I am distressed about this. 
Because Jesus knew that at a moment's time he was going to be on the cross and his, our sins were going to be on him and God himself was going to turn his back on him and that stressed Jesus out. He got alone with Peter, James, and John and says, this is what I'm going through. This is what I feel. He told them that and not the others because some people cannot handle your honest truth. But there are some that can. That's why Elijah left this man behind. Because sometimes you have to learn to get alone with God and pray an honest prayer. He prayed. Verse 4. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, he went a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down on the blue tree and he prayed. I love that Elijah got alone with God and he prayed because isn't that what we often tell people? Get alone with God and pray. But Elijah prayed, but he prayed a wrong prayer. Elijah prayed and said that he would die. Elijah did not pray for strength to keep going. Elijah did not pray for healing over his emotions. He did not even pray for the Lord to take care of his enemies. Elijah prayed that he would die because Elijah had enough, and when you've had enough, you give up. And that prayer was not a prayer done in his spirit. That was a prayer done in his flesh. That was a prayer done out of his emotion. See, when you go through a moment of stress and you're reaching your breaking point and you're saying, Pastor, I've had enough, I've had enough, I've had enough, I can't do it anymore, and you get along with God, be careful because sometimes you can pray prayers that are emotional. Because when you reach your breaking point, you don't have to worry about it. Just don't worry about that, guys. When you reach your breaking point, you're at this point where you're stretching and stretching and stretching and the tension is so real. And when you break your point, finally, you're emotional. And when you're emotional because of your stress, you're going to say the wrong things. How many of you agree you say the wrong thing when you're stressed out? If you can say the wrong thing when you're stressed out, believe me, you can pray the wrong thing when you're stressed out. My point is this, even John, the beloved John, when he got angry that no one welcomed Jesus, he said, Lord, do you want me to pray fire and just to kill everyone? You imagine that John got so angry that he was willing to pray for the Lord to rain down fire and consume everyone alive? Can you imagine in Jesus' face when he said, John, I'm so angry. Hey, Jesus, I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to pray that fire comes and consumes everyone. Jesus might have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. John, Johnny, calm down. Johnny, calm down, Johnny. Lord, I'm just so angry. See, when you're so angry, you can just 
pray the wrong prayer. Even Moses, the great man of God that's leading Israel into the promised land. Outside of his tent, he was a mighty warrior. Inside his tent, he got along with God and said, Lord, would you do me a favor, God? Yes, Moses, would you please kill me? Because I can't take these people anymore. Kill me, Lord. Even Peter, when he met Jesus and he had the, the, all the amount of fish, the Bible says that Peter was overwhelmed with guilt and shame. And he even told Jesus, just get away from me. Because when you're going through stress, your emotions get the best of you. You become weak. Stress will always weaken you. And when you are weak, the devil is strong. And you will pray the wrong prayer. You will say the wrong thing. You will do the wrong thing. You have to be careful when you're stressed what comes out of your mouth. But here's the great news I have for you. You're going to love this. God understands that. And he won't always answer your prayers. And I thank God for that. Some of you would be dead right now. <laughs> he won't always answer your prayers. But look at Romans 8.26, what the Bible says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in what? Our weakness. Notice that in our weakness, we do not know what we should pray. Did you get that? When we're going through a season of weakness like Elijah who prayed to be killed, we don't know what to pray. We pray out of our emotions. And God understands that. And he says this, I know that when you're going through a moment of weakness, you're going to think the wrong thing, you're going to say the wrong thing, you're going to pray the wrong thing, you're going to think you know what you need to know, you're going to think you know what's best for you, and you're just going to pray things like, Lord, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to quit my job. Give me the strength to quit. I can't do it anymore. Lord, help me and forgive me. Lord, I've sinned. I'm getting divorced. Lord, I can't take it anymore. I've had enough. And you say things you don't really mean. And God says, in our weakness, we don't know what to pray but what we ought. But the Spirit, we thank God for the Holy Spirit right now. The Holy Spirit, He makes intercessions for us and groanings which cannot be uttered. I don't even know how to explain this verse to you. Because we serve a God that's three in one. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Trinity. And God says when you're going through a moment of stress and weakness and your emotions are there and you're, you don't know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit intervenes. And He speaks to God the Father on your behalf. Because the spirit that's in you understands you and he knows what you're going through. So he brings that to God. So just imagine that Elijah was saying, Eli, Lord, I'm tired. I'm stressed. I've had enough. I quit. I'm giving up. I can't take it anymore. Lord, I pray that you please just kill me. I'm done. And when that prayer goes up to heaven, the Holy Spirit intercedes and stops it and says, no, God, no, Father, listen. What he meant to say was he's tired. 
Lord, what he wants is not what he needs. He's just stressed. He's tired. And Lord, he's just hungry. He's hangry. But Lord, what he needs is just some rest and some food. And God did not answer Elijah's prayer. Because it's not what he needed. Because when you're stressed, you're not going to know what you need. You're going to think the wrong thoughts. You're going to pray the wrong prayers. But you have a Holy Spirit there in you that says, I'm going to help you. In your weakness. When you're weak and you've been disappointed, you're going to say some things. But God feeds him. Look at verse 4 through 8 with me. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree. He prayed that he might die. He said, Lord, it's enough. Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. That's the honesty. That's the emotional prayer. And he went to sleep under that tree, and suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise, eat. Hold that verse for a second. Arise, eat. God sent an angel with food. Imagine that God sends an angel and says, you asked for it with a knife. <laughs> You've asked for it, that's it. And Elijah wakes up and he's like, are you glad God doesn't always answer your prayers? Instead of this, he went here. Have some cake. You got to eat. He slapped him with a tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise, eat. He looked, and there was a head of cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate, he drank, he just went back to sleep. He was really tired. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him, and said, Arise, eat, because the journey's too great for you. Oh, man. The journey is too great for me. So he arose, he ate and drank and went in the strength of that what? The Lord gave him strength to continue the journey. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but you've come to this church weak, you've come to this church tired, and God says, I'm not always going to answer your prayers because you don't know what you need like I know what you need, but I do know what you need right now is strength, and I'm going to give it to you because I am not done with you yet. You see, this is my point, and I'm going to close with this. Sometimes we say, Lord, I've had enough. Enough is enough, and I get that. But what do you do when you've had enough, but God hasn't? What do you do when you reach a point where you can't go on anymore, but God says, I don't know what you're talking about. I got more for your life. This is not the end. It is not what I'm going to finish your story with. The devil is not going to win here. I'm bringing you to a place where more is going to happen, and you're going to see God do more in your life. 
But the devil wants your stress to get you to that point where you break. And God touched him. But you notice that God had to do it twice. God fed him twice. And here's, here's the prophetic truth about this. God fed him one time to strengthen him for what he's gone through. And God feeds him a second time to strengthen him for what he's about to go through. So God said, I have both sides covered. I'm going to cover you and strengthen you because you've been through a lot. And I want to preach today to anyone here that says, Pastor, I've come to this church and I've gone through a lot. And I'm tired. I'm weak. And I don't know if I can go on anymore. God says, I'll take care of that. Some of you have gone through things you thought you'd never go through. And God says, I'll touch you there. I'll give you strength when you can't go on anymore because Elijah, what you went through back there was too much for you. But Elijah, I'm so happy you're honest with me. And God touched him and strengthened him for what he went through. And he goes back to sleep. And then the Lord touches him again. He says, eat again. But Lord, I just ate. Eat again. Because now I'm giving you strength for what's next. Because I know what's next is too great for me. Aren't you glad you have a God that not only will restore you from your past, but will strengthen you for your future? Who says, I know what you've gone through, but I'm so God. Not just I'm so good, I'm so God that I even know what you're about to go through. And Elijah, I'm preparing you for what's coming next. And what's coming next, God says, is a great journey. Isn't it amazing when he thought it was over, God was just getting ready to do something great. You feel this this morning. You've reached that breaking, but God has it. And Elijah got up with the strength from that fool, and he kept going. And he kept going. The devil has you. Snapping. Tired. Stressed. With a tension of your life. It's putting a strain on your life, your emotions, your spirit, your, your family, your marriage, your children. Your stress, your anger is just straining you. God says, I'm stretching you. And I know the tension is real. But Elijah, I'm just getting you ready for what's next. See, the more I stretch you, the further you're going to go. And the reason you're going through what you're going through right now is because God is getting ready to release you into new things. And God's getting ready to get you into a place of greatness. The Lord is not going to let you break. 
Because the Lord says, I will finish what I've started in you. I'm going to finish what I started. So don't let the devil lie to you that it's over. Don't let the stress be so bad that you say, Lord, kill me now. I'm done. Because maybe you've had enough, but God says, I haven't. I know what you've gone through. I will strengthen you. And I know what you're about to go through. And I will strengthen you because you are not finished yet. So don't let the devil lie to you. And I saw how the devil works in this story. Her name is Jezebel. Don't you ever date her? Don't you have coffee with her? It's amazing that some of the greatest men in the Bible were destroyed by one woman. That's a whole other sermon. Some of you might be dating Jezebel right now. Come see me after service. We'll talk. I was single for 10 years. Trust me, Jezebel showed up. Jezebel. She's known as a powerful woman because she was sexy, good-looking, hot. And she knew it. There's nothing worse than a woman that knows she's hot. She will use that to manipulate. She will use that to get what she wants. Jezebel was a woman that was used to getting her way just like Satan is. And Satan, say what you want, he's a beautiful angel, the Bible says. With great power. And the devil will manipulate you. He will mislead you to take control over your life and stop the work of God from happening in your life. That's exactly what Jezebel was trying to do to Elijah. She was literally trying to stop the work of God from happening. And all she did was this. By this time tomorrow, I will kill you. When I read the Bible, I feel like telling Jezebel, if you're so big and bad, why won't you do it today? Why can't you do it today? Because Jezebel knew she couldn't destroy a man of God. The devil knows he can't touch you. The devil knows you're stronger than him. That devil knows he can't destroy you. Only God has the power of life and death. So you know that devil like Jezebel knows, I can't destroy you, but I can put fear in you. And fear is enough to stop you. And all she had to do was send a messenger and send a message of fear. And it was enough to paralyze you. Some of you have reached that breaking and that place of stress because the devil has manipulated you and controlled you with fear. Not just any fear. The greatest fear man has, the fear of tomorrow. The fear of the uncertain. The fear that says, what if? What's going to happen? I don't know what's next. God, and it scares me. And when Elijah was honest about that with God, God said, don't worry, Elijah. 
I got an angel for that. I'm going to strengthen you. And in Revelations 2, 19 through 20, Revelations now is, is a few thousand years later. And the Bible says, I know your works. He's talking to a church like ours. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, your patience. And as for your works, the last are even more than the first. Then you're getting better and better and stronger. And God is so proud of this church. And then God says, but I have this against you. He said, you tolerate that woman who? Jezebel. You tolerate this woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess by her teachings. She misleads my servants into sexual immorality and eating of food sacrificed to idol. When I read this verse, I said, wait a minute, God, Jezebel died thousands of years ago before in the, in the book of Kings. She died. Why are you talking about her in the church in Revelation? Because God is letting you know that her spirit lives on. The spirit of Jezebel haunts the church. The spirit of Jezebel is not just a spirit of immorality and sexual sin. The spirit of Jezebel is a spirit that brings fear to your life of the unknown. And uncertainty to manipulate you and control you and lead you astray from God so that he will stop the work of God from happening in your life. Do you know how many people in the church are suffering from the spirit of Jezebel that makes you a slave to fear? And God says to Elijah, Elijah, I will strengthen you to keep going because Jezebel wants to stop you. So if you're here this morning, I believe not only in the power of God, but the power of Jezebel. You're saying, Pastor, I'm reaching a breaking point. I'm reaching a point where I've had enough and I'm stressed and I'm tired and I feel like quitting, I feel like giving up. That's you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Like Elijah, would you just be honest about it? Tell the Lord the honest truth right now, church. I'm not going to call you to this altar this morning. Because remember, there are some things that are private. Tell the Lord what your honest truth is. Lord, to be honest, I've had enough. Tell him right now, I've had enough of people. I've had enough financial problems. I've had enough of the stress, this fear that keeps me up at night. I've had enough, Lord. I've come to this church weak. And I feel that spirit of Jezebel putting me into a place of fear for tomorrow, uncertain of my future. Tell God the honest truth. Lord, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I've come weak, Lord, but I know you can give me strength. The Lord will not only give you strength for what you've gone through, he will give you strength knowing what you're about to go through. But whatever it is, you're going to get through it. And like Elijah, who thought it was over, it is not over for you. 
God has a great journey ahead. Don't let the devil lie to you. You are stronger than him. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray for every person here this morning who's had enough. It's not the big problems we're going through, Lord, that has us in a breaking point. It's the constant little things, the stress of everyday life, the burden that you carry. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person that's overgoing the spirit right now of Jezebel that has them a slave to fear, a fear of uncertainty, a fear of worry. Father, I pray like Elijah, that we would come to an honest truth that we are losing this faith of ours. We're tired. But Father, I pray and I thank you for the Holy Spirit that intercedes in our weakness. Lord, I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray that you will finish what you've started in the lives of everyone here in this church and that you will give us the strength one more time for not only what we have gone through but what we will go through. And I thank you, Jesus, that in the midst of tension and stress and our breaking to give us the strength to finish the journey. If this is you this morning, and you're saying, Pastor, I've reached a breaking point. I'm tired. I've had enough. I'm here to tell you, thus says the Lord, the journey is free. And I'm not done. Come on, give them praise this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. If you're here this morning, come on, give them real praise this morning. If you're saying, Pastor, I'm leaving this church. I came here weak, but I'm leaving here strong. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for all of you. Show me your hands if this message was for you today. You're saying, Pastor, I went through this. Amen, amen. I want you to do me a favor. And I, I pray for you all the time. I want you to pray for that person next to you. Just put your arm around me right there. Put your arm around me. And I want to pray for your church family. This is your church family. Say, hey, family. Put that arm, if you're hugging your spouse, put that spouse. Say, honey, I'm sorry for snapping. Just tell her, just tell her. I know you do this. Every day someone said. <laughs> With every head bowed, every eye closed, and every arm around that person. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, pray for my brother and sister in the faith who have come to this church weak, but leaving strong. We are all human. And I pray the same way you've given me strength, you give my brother and sister your strength to endure. Give them the strength for what they've gone through. 
and give them the strength for what they're about to do. But in Jesus' name, he who began a good work in you will finish it to completion. In Jesus' name, give God some praise. Amen. Amen. Amen.